0: everyone it's charlie webster here thanks for joining us for my sporting mind as i speak to sports stars about their mindset and mental health i hope you're enjoying season two so far which is proudly supported by sportinglife.com the home for expert insight passionate opinion and in-depth analysis for the sports you love all for free. Today I'm really delighted to welcome a very inspirational woman to the podcast, British long-distance runner Joe Pavey. And as a running fan, I'm even more super excited to speak to you, Joe, because we can talk about running. Welcome along. Hi. Hey. Hey, <laughs> Thanks really so much. <laughs> um, before we press the record button, Joe, we were actually you know, like, oh. Get the kids out, get the kids out. We were talking about um, a bit about juggling things and how intense things have been at the moment. How have you found things and where you're at at the moment?
1: Yeah I mean like for so many people obviously it's challenging times with the coronavirus trying to juggle everything trying to keep bits of training and work going and then the pressures of homeschooling which I know many parents can relate to I think you have this permanent guilt that you're not doing a good enough job and then you have to just think to yourself well you're doing the best you can you know and to suddenly have um, this job to do that the teachers normally do a great job of you've got to suddenly fit that into your everyday life as well as obviously making sure the kids are happy and have some fun time as well. so it's busy and you know it's it's a challenge but um you know fortunately we've been able to have some good quality family time and get outdoors and enjoying being active too but yeah it's been totally different like as for so many people obviously
0: joe i find it really interesting because if you read articles about yourself your kids are always referred to them in the articles and there's all these kind of like things about you being a super mom, and you are incredible and a really inspirational woman but how do you feel about the fact that Kids are always kind of mentioned in the sense that, do you think we should normalise that, yes, Joe's this amazing person and you can achieve these amazing things and she's got kids?
1: I think, I mean, like you say, um, there's so many parents out there in all walks of life achieving things. And, um, you know, I do get asked about it and I'm flattered about that in that, um, obviously, just like every parent, kids are just your main priority in your life. They bring so much joy and happiness and everything. And um, I think... um, I, I found actually having spent many years as literally just a full time athlete going on training camps all over the world, just resting, eating when I wanted to, doing all the training I wanted to and having not really much responsibilities and then going from that to actually being a busy parent, having to juggle things at all different stages of your kids' life, the demands change, don't they, from having newborns to having getting them to clubs and acting like a taxi service and, and all the different things they can do and things like that. But it definitely surprised me how juggling things, I actually achieved things that I hadn't achieved before being a parent. And I think for lots of people out there, still going for their goals, it just shows that having that balance in your life and having that happiness and finding a way, overcoming obstacles whatever they might be whether it's having a busy work life or having to juggle a busy family life you can still achieve your goals and it definitely taught me that a lot when I achieved something I didn't expect to achieve you know sort of later in life and having that busy life to juggle.
0: How how do you feel you are changed because it's absolutely fascinating that you actually won your gold in the 2014 European Championships in Zurich um, a year after uh, Emily your daughter was born.
1: Yeah I know I think um, for me it was a big surprise at the start of the year I was just trying to think about oh, I wonder if I could get in the team one more time I just love mm. being part of that team all that sort of fun being part of a sort of team having all that friendship and trying to achieve goals but <clears throat> no way did I think there was a possibility of getting a medal and I think it was just really sort of going back to you know talking about mental health I think in the past I was probably so stressed about Mm. training trying to get everything right making sure that I did the right thing probably dwelling on results and training sessions and sort of really getting stressed about it whereas having a busy life I just did what I can didn't beat myself up if I couldn't actually do the training as well as I hoped or I had to miss certain units of training just did what I could when I could around that family life and just had a happier probably more positive outlook on things and that actually gave me a lot of um, benefits really I felt probably more empowered by thinking well I'm do the best I can under the circumstances Um, whereas before I'd be thinking oh you know I haven't done what I should have done haven't run fast enough whereas I got to the point where I'm really happy I'm loving being a mum and um, yeah I'm not always doing maybe all the training units I wanted to do Mm -hmm. but I managed to sort out prioritising right what are the key important parts I had to do and try and get those right and just think okay at the end of the day I've done the best that I can do under the circumstances and I kind of learned to be happy with that and I think you know when you're younger and you haven't got so much life experiences you can dwell too much on sort of dwelling for getting everything completely right and perfect and being stressed if you don't as you get older you get more things coming into your life you just gotta accept well no at the end of the day I've done the best I can do and um, sometimes it can be of a benefit.
0: It almost throws the opposite way round in terms of mindset because I think a lot of us can relate to what you were saying, no matter what walk of life we are. That we kind of pressurise ourselves and obsess and and beat ourselves up over things, and we shouldn't have done this and we should have done more. And then you almost switch things where it was like actually that acceptance and having that balance and that happiness actually improved. In a sense, your performance. How would how did did you almost like switch that mindset so you weren't beating yourself up all the time? If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, also. Perhaps the removal of expectation may be that I put on myself and the perception of what pressure other people might have been putting on me, perhaps, because, you know, I was just coming back from having a baby. Of course, I wanted to enjoy that newborn time. I was breastfeeding and I was breastfeeding up until the month before the trials for the championships that I wanted to compete in. So, um, for one, I knew I was going to try my best and prioritize and do what I could, but I probably didn't have the strength of expecting too much from myself even though I was going to try my hardest and I didn't think that um, probably had so much expectation because people would probably also think well you know obviously coming back from having a baby maybe I won't run as fast as I was hoping for but I was happy with that and I just wanted to see how far I could take it and then of course um, I ended up getting a, a bronze medal on the Commonwealth and gold in the Europeans but of course this wasn't my sort of necessarily what I was expecting to do so I was just trying to get sort of quick enough to compete in the trials and then if I could compete in the trials and get in the team I was going to be really really happy but I also like you were just mentioning I just removed myself from that stressful right I've got train say, I've got to do this I've got to hit these targets to then being okay um, I've got to fit around breastfeeding with a baby I've got to work out how I'm going to do that Um, we had a four-year-old as well at that time um, my son Jake and um we all had to go to the track together and Emily wouldn't take a bottle for the first five months so I always had to be ready to feed her I did a lot of training on the treadmill so that I could be in the same building <laughs> as everyone else in the family so I could stop at any time and just finding a way I think I enjoyed the challenge of finding a way and and juggling things and still having that quality family time and I think it was just about um just feeling like okay yeah I can only do what I can do and I didn't have that stress of oh I'm not doing things well enough I'm thinking actually I've um done what I could have done under the circumstances of having everything else going on in my life whereas before it was all about right I've got to do this I've got to do it right and sometimes I'd probably get too exhausted physically and mentally whereas I moved to prioritizing what was important in life really
0: Mm -hmm. would you say that's giving you like a healthy mental health because we hear, I mean, you know, mental health is a big, you know, issue, I think has been for a long time and is now. And in athletes, sometimes we see um, that kind of unhealthy mental health because of that obsession. But because you've like done the family life as well as the achievement, do you think that's given you that healthy mental health?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I did have many years earlier in my career maybe where I didn't achieve some of the results that I wanted to achieve at championships and you go from building up to that championship Mm -hmm. and then not getting the result you were hoping for and feeling a lot of pressure of what people might think of you for you have that feeling of failure And um, feeling like right now it's back to the drawing board and you start again and then you can get into a bad pattern if you're not careful of thinking of dreading failing again if things keep going wrong. And I think um, particularly when there's normally only one major athletics championships on the track each year, sometimes there's two, obviously, but it just um, makes everything build up to this one day even though there's other races of course there is but the, as far as the championships that's what the focus is on and, and you build all up you're running really well and then it doesn't go well on the day and then you're trying to achieve it again the next time but you also get this fear of failure and um, hoping it doesn't go wrong and I think as you get older in life you learn to put those experiences behind you you remember to just learn from past experiences and think okay right that's done you can't change it what can you learn from that could it be different training approaches could it be you didn't have enough rest were you not refueled enough were you too stressed about things and you can take it as a learning experience and then you move forward and you realize oh actually you know you can just um, try and think about right you've got you are trained, but when you're training you're thinking about the training when you're racing you, you're thinking about the race and you're putting your all into it but don't dwell on it and get a bad mental health because mm-hmm. of it I think once you put it in a box and you move on okay all right well what well, I've got to do now I've got mm-hmm. to do this that and the other you can actually have a more balanced mental health towards your sport I think
0: yeah because you over your career have had those ups and downs which I think is inevitable and in anybody who puts themselves out there to compete um you know we've seen you have the real highs and then times where you've been ill you know and you had a period of suffering different viruses and you've um been injured how did you come back each time because despite all those things you carried on and you carried on and you're still carrying
1: on now I mean the thing is I think underpinning always I just absolutely love running and anyone um who's got out there running and I think one of the Good thing is the running boom has really taken off I think yeah. um you know it, it's sad obviously that gyms have been closed and all the facilities but I think more people have taken to running because people started to realize that hadn't even realized before that running just makes you feel great and I love running I love what it brings and when I look back at my career I think about oh I'm really happy how um running has like enriched my life it's made me feel better about myself it's boosted my esteem I love aiming towards goals I love getting out in beautiful scenery and that's what's kept me going and I think when you get injured you just have to sort of have you have that want to want to get back to it and I think also when you get injured or ill you you can think about right what is it that maybe caused this were there any mistakes in training but also you've got to pick yourself up and think right okay that's disappointing to have a setback but how are you going to keep it going I think keeping the consistency of the training is important you might switch to doing cross training like running in the pool or you know changing the surfaces you run on things like that and try and keep a consistent schedule going and have a strategy of getting back to it but I think with any sports person you just love what you're doing and you feel very fortunate to enjoy your sport in that way and that's why I've kept going for a lot of years because I just love running really would you say that's your motivation because you
0: just absolutely love it and it makes you feel good
1: Yeah, I love running, but like I said, for so many different reasons. I mean, I love setting myself goals, aiming for goals, the journey along the way, the ups and the downs, but also just getting out in beautiful scenery. I love keeping active with my family as well. And I just love being part of a team like the social side of running. You know, there's just so much that running, you know, there's there's so many great things about it. So (laughs) that's what what keeps me going, really. Um, How important is it to set goals in terms of
0: running, do you think?
1: I think it's good to set goals, but also um, if you've got a bigger goal, set yourself mini goals along the way so you can kind of monitor your progress and that really keeps your motivation going. But also to not beat yourself up when things go a bit wrong, you just got to think, right, any person aiming for any goal in sport is going to have... Times where things go a bit wrong, you know, you don't get the results you want, or you get an illness or an injury, and you've just got to think of it as like a bumpy journey towards your goal. And overcoming the setbacks is what makes it feel really brilliant when you finally achieve your goal. And I think it is good to have a goal because um, you just feel like um, you've got a reason to get out the door. I think sometimes it can help when it's like hammering it down for rain and you don't feel like it. And you think, oh, you know, you can think of that goal and it really gets you out the door. But, but it's not only about that it's about even just getting back from a run I think you feel more ready (laughs) challenges of life and you just feel good about yourself and yeah that um I enjoy setting goals that's part of what I enjoy about running obviously
0: yeah yeah me too um what what do you say to yourself when you have those runs where you're just not feeling it and you just I don't know emotionally tired and just
1: like oh I can't do this yeah, it's funny. I have a lot of r- runs where my legs feel really tired, you know, and sometimes I'm expecting my legs to feel quite good. And I go out mm. for a run and my legs just feel terrible. And and I think um, like during the prime of my career, obviously, we didn't have GPS watches and everything. And now I've, I wear a GPS watch. I have that information to tell me how slowly I'm running. And, and I, I try to think, okay, but what would I normally be thinking if I didn't have that information? I would probably be quite chilled out, just think I'm out for a run. But now I've got the information of how slowly I'm actually running. Um, in one way, I'm thinking, okay, it doesn't matter. And I've learned to realise, actually, I need the really slow runs where – my legs don't feel really good because it probably indicates that actually I've been training fairly hard and I'm just gonna, if I take it easy, I can get the benefit from that hard training that went well a few Mm. days earlier. You do get ups and downs. You have days where for no reason, you just don't feel as good when you go out (laughs) running. And then sometimes you can feel great when you don't expect it. But I think it's about listening to your body, you know, take it easy when you feel like it's not going well get yourself sort of refueled and make the most of the days when you feel good but it's about keeping it consistent because if you keep your running consistent you just suddenly start to be a person that running just becomes more a normal thing it's part of your normal routine you don't even have to think about whether you want to go out for a run or not it's just part of what you do and you just you get used to it and then you know you ease down a bit if you want to have a really good Performance or a good race or a good virtual race, if you have these days, mostly a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Race. <laughs> <laughs> I actually yeah, quite enjoyed fun.
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I watched him. I had like an avatar when I was, I did the Singapore half marathon from the UK, oh, <laughs> which is really? quite really interesting. Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it actually doing yeah, it cool. virtually. It made me realize how much I love. Um, competition yeah. um, so in, I, I know for you you've got the motivation you, you talked about motivation being your love for running but then obviously you've got your site. your you know you're set on these particular goals like the upcoming olympics which we'll talk about in a minute but what would you give advice to people for in terms of motivation because I think the thing people sometimes struggle with is not necessarily the running it's the getting out the door in the first place and I know you said about about putting it as part of your routine. But what do you think? Is there any advice you
1: could give in terms of that motivation? Yeah, I mean, I think when you've got the sort of situation where you think oh, I don't want to get out for a run it, it should be enjoyable so find ways of making your running enjoyable I mean we've talked about goal setting that can give you motivation and when um, you see yourself making progress that can be really motivating and it gets quite addictive oh yeah I can really see I'm improving but it, it has to be enjoyable you know if you feel really flat maybe you do need an extra rest day you shouldn't be feeling like worse and worse each day you might have a bit of a tired day get yourself re-energized again and then set off again but but, you know, make it enjoyable. Take the time to go to somewhere that's a nice location if you can. I know we're restricted at the moment for how far we can drive and things like that. But when we can or if you can go somewhere really local to you, which is nice scenery, it really does give you that buzz to get back in the door from that. But also, when you're not feeling like going out at all, just think how great you're going to feel when you get back in. And if you're thinking to yourself, oh, I was going to run for an hour, and that is what is thinking to yourself – oh, that just feels a bit too long, maybe just put your running shoes on and just think, right, I'm just going to go out and start to do 10 to 15 minutes and set that in your mind. Actually, when you get out, you realise, actually, this is all right. I'm enjoying this. I'm going to keep going. And also you know think about mixing your training up a bit it can get very boring if people think they're just going to literally go out for a run like that a lot of the running I really enjoy is my interval sessions where you don't have to have a measured distance you do a warm-up and you could try something like five times three minutes and breaking that running up into segments I really enjoy that doing interval workouts I love the sort of method of starting and stopping pushing myself having a recovery pushing myself again and i don't think i'd enjoy my running if i just literally always just went for a run even though i love doing that i love the variety so keep it varied um sometimes if you don't feel like going for a run maybe do another activity like when facilities are open go to the gym or go for a swim things like that obviously joining a club or a group <laughs> all these things are a bit restricted at the moment but even if you can go for a run with one other person under the yeah, current rules or whatever yeah. um having that person to meet you're not going to let them down and of course running can be sociable just having a chat where you go for a run it's really a good sociable thing to do but but yeah just think how positive you're going to feel if you do get out for that run and think of something that you might do to get back maybe um you know go out somewhere nice or you know if you you might feel like you deserve to just chill out watch a nice film or something but but yeah just um you know, you're going to feel so good when you get back in. And if you don't, if you haven't got a good reason, you haven't gone out, you're probably just going to feel a bit negative and a bit annoyed with yourself. Whereas I'll turn to you think, yes, I did it. I went out there and I didn't feel like it. And I come back in I feel ready to face the world now. <laughs> because it could always make you feel worse because
0: then you just beat yourself up about it. So there's like motivation for going for a run. And there was so much there and that was all amazing. I was like, yes, yes. And I love intervals too. But what about the motivation to go for a sixth Olympics then? That's different (laughs) from the motivation to do something which you absolutely love. You've achieved incredible things um, in uh, you know you, you only have to look at your social media that it's something that you enjoy as a family as well. Your husband runs, you get out with your kids on their bikes while you are running. but but that's different from going right, I'm gonna train myself and push myself again for a sixth Olympics.
1: Yeah, I mean, first thing we say, I know it's a big ask. You know, I don't want people to think I'm delusional in that I am getting quite old. And obviously, with the delay, people joke that I'm even older than I was before. Um, But I think it's just something that I want to have a try at competing in the trials. You know, I know it's a big ask. And of course, there's Brilliant girls running really fast times in the country. And I'm pleased to see that because I want the future of distance running in our country to be strong. And I'm really thrilled to see people out there running so well. And it is a very big ask. Um, but I'm just training hard and um if that doesn't happen, I still want to be out there doing some races. I mean, one frustration which I certainly don't want to moan about at the moment, but I haven't been able to use a track because yeah. all the tracks are shut, and I'm aware that um athletes that are younger than myself they're based more often at high performance centers or they're at training camps overseas because they're at that stage of their life you know I'm not complaining about that of course if I was if I took myself back to the point in my career where I didn't have children I would be a person that would be trying to position myself somewhere where I could use a track if you know what I mean and um, they're at that stage of their career but it it is a little bit of a frustration because I feel like I'm training hard but I know from past experience to get that icing on the cake type training which I need to actually do a track race I do actually need to do some training on the track so at the moment I'm doing a lot of hill sessions because it's so hilly where I live I do a lot of road sessions um I'm doing a bit on the treadmill as well as just my normal mileage runs but um I would like to be using a track but I'm hoping that um, soon they might start thinking about opening the tracks but at the moment I'm just trying to keep ticking away and um yeah I'm motivated because I enjoy running and anything I achieve or don't achieve it's just because I'm having a good time and um I enjoy the ups and downs and trying to do things I'm not going to get upset if it doesn't happen in that I'm going to give it a go and I know how fortunate I am to have already been to five I feel extremely fortunate all the experiences I've had
0: Joe, you're such a humble person and like when I asked you that I almost because I I've seen you say that you know you don't want to be disillusional about it and you're just going to give it a go and and things but I just think is there something inside you though that's like yes come on I can do this and that has a bit of a goal goal in mind? Or is, is that genuine, as in, oh, I'm just going to give it a go?
1: Yeah, I think it's giving it a go, but also just enjoying seeing how far I can take things. Um, yeah. It's fun to... Try and get the best out of yourself. I think for anybody doing anything in life, whether they've started up running, whether they're doing other sports, whether it's something in business, I think just the fun of seeing how far you can take things—it's—it's it's a lot of fun to me to to try. But um, yeah, it, it's tough. But um, I just want to give it a go. I want to be out there competing in the the trials and um, see see what happens. Really, but if nothing else, you know, I can still get out there and get racing I'm thinking the fitness that I'm trying to get at the moment I don't want to waste it I want to try not to get injured that's one of the things (laughs) that you get older it's easier to get injured I think but at the same time as you get older you do benefit from the experience when I was right at the start of my career I used to get even more injured because I didn't have the experience I didn't know how the training mix fitted together that suited me I didn't know what sessions suited me I didn't really know how to listen to my body and make the right decisions on a daily basis um you know it's important that your training schedule is more of a flexible plan I probably tried to stick more rigidly to it making sure I did everything exactly as it was scheduled and then ended up getting injured so there are benefits of being old which I'm hoping you know there's one um, big thing but yeah there's certainly people running some fast times out there now at the moment
0: Cheltenham Festival is just around the corner and make sure to join Sporting Life for the very best coverage. Follow all the action with a live race blog, daily previews and free race replays. And you can get the inside view from Willie Mullins, Daryl Jacob, Alex Hammond and Ed Chamberlain. Visit sportinglife.com or download the app now so you're ready for Cheltenham. And how has it been the fact that you have a husband who is your coach? and also runs has that been a massive help or has there been times where it's hard to get that separation
1: yeah no um Gav my husband's always been a massive support and it's very much a team effort you know the running because um of course juggling the family life but also before that before we had children we used to go on training camps and he would actually run with me all the time and he would set the pace for a lot of my track sessions and then that moved from us just juggling things and with him being my coach it means that um, actually I think it's probably given me better mental health because I'm not stressed about letting someone down you know sort of someone mm. said oh right you've got to be at the track at this certain time and I'm thinking this is just not fitting with what's going on with the kids right now and I can just sort of talk to them as we go and think oh no let's go a bit later or let's do this tomorrow or let's do this session and it can just be talked about when we're um, ready to sort of talk about it rather than making specific phone calls now. I mean, obviously there's absolutely brilliant coaches out there coaching so many young people. And, and I always like to pay credit to them because I had coaches during the young part of my career and particularly, you know, from teenage years upwards who without their, you know, amazing help and time they put in voluntarily, I would never have had a career and you've always got to be grateful to people like that. And I, I, benefited from coaches like that but going on to later in my career my husband coached me it gave us that flexibility and um, ability to work around family life and I think that was nice that it was fun to work towards goals together and also it was really nice when if we achieved anything it felt like a real sort of family unit but also I think it probably reduced the stress because it was easier to just fit around everything that was going on as well but yeah Mm. I don't I don't mind it, you know. It's it's nice, really. I think it it's made it more enjoyable um, more than anything. It's nice when you said
0: we achieved it, like yeah, no, you know, you're a team, yeah, rather than you as an individual.
1: Yeah, definitely a team effort. That's definitely how
0: it is. So, Joe, how would you compare yourself to Sydney Games in two thousand? Because you competed. It's Sydney, that was your first games. Then it was Athens. Then it was Beijing. Make sure I don't forget any. Then it was London. Then it was Rio and hopefully Tokyo. How would you compare the athlete that turned up in Sydney when you were around 27 years old
1: um, in your mindset to, to Joe Pavey that hopefully will be there in Tokyo? I mean it shows doesn't it when you said that you know how old I was at the first one I think I was like you say 26 27 it shows if I've got my act together maybe I could have um, (laughs) gone to Atlanta but actually I I was backpacking around the world um, with my husband and we were having a great time but we did have one sort of thought on me trying to improve my running which I did and we trained in so many beautiful locations um, all over the world and I came back and that was really the start of my career but I'm thinking you know to try and do a few Olympics I could have got my act together earlier because a lot of people have been to an Olympics before being 26. Yeah
0: because you were quite like it was quite late wasn't it actually Um, because that's also unusual I think for an athlete to to, I mean we've seen the likes of somebody like Chrissy Wellington, um, I am i world champion for my world champion. I don't think she started competing until in her early thirties. But that's a really enduring sport. But for you, especially somebody who's an athletics and track, it tends to be so much younger.
1: Yeah, I mean I did compete internationally when I got back from travel you know and i did the world championships in athens but then i think you know talking about that inexperience i just got injured and then i was out for two and a half years because it all just came so quickly i probably didn't know how to train um specifically i probably came back from the travel trying to add in all the different things that i hadn't done while i've been traveling like loads of gym work lifting weights doing plyometrics doing lots of drills and ended up getting injured but but yeah when you're saying about my first olympics in Sydney I was coming back off that two and a half years of being injured I had an operation on my knee so it was um just a big dream of mine from being a schoolgirl to go to an olympics and never would I ever thought I would have been lucky enough to go to five at that time it was like (laughs) going to an Olympic Games and it was a really great one to be my first one because in Australia obviously they're really into their sport and Sydney was a massive success as a Games and I was lucky enough to compete on the same night that Cathy Freeman the big Australian hero you know she was amazing and um That was the night that she ran. So it was a record attendance for an athletics meeting. It was 112,000. And I got to run in front of that amount of crowd because I was running on the same night. I mean, of course, the London Olympics could have easily created that much crowd but just the stadium in Sydney was a bit bigger so mm. that's why it, it was mm. the actual you know even bigger amount of crowd and um, yeah it was absolutely amazing it was the same night that Jonathan Edwards won his gold as well and as I was led out to my race I was right next to where you know the sandpit was and he landed his winning jump and I it was ha- happened to be right next to where oh the my sandpit was and saw yeah. it like, literally in front of me um, so that was an amazing moment as well but yeah standing on that start line looking up at the flame thinking wow nothing else happens now I've run in an Olympic Games it was just an amazing feeling and when I went to that Games I very much didn't do very much volume of training I was coming off that injury and I was back to You know, at that stage, just prioritising the important aspects of training, the quick interval sessions, doing a lot of work on cricket pitch rather than track and not doing high mileage. And I think that helped me go through later in my career, like coming back from having my children thinking, okay, that's what I did back then. I'd learned from then, okay, you don't need to do miles and miles and miles, you just need to prioritise the important things. So that stood me in good stead. But yeah, many memories from that. And of course, thinking about other Olympics, I was really fortunate to take part in a home Olympic Games in London 2012. I feel very fortunate to have had that experience, you know, when any athlete from our country stepped out into the stadium, the crowd roar was amazing. And it was something that you never forget experiencing. So that was a lot of fun. The country really got behind it and it was a great game. So yeah, I had lots of experiences. And then going forward to Rio, um, it was different. I had to compete in the morning, which is the first time I had to do a track final in the morning, which was a bit of a shock. But again, an amazing experience. There was a lot of worry around that games as well, really, with Zika virus and... And things like that. And um, you got ill, didn't you? Um, yeah, yeah. I got malaria at those games. Yeah. Otherwise I would have been watching yeah. you. So, yeah, yeah. That, that was awful hearing about that. So sorry to about that. Yeah. So we all, you know, um, had to think about that side of things in that my children didn't go out because of that, really, thinking about illness and things like that, because Emily was only two and my really? husband wouldn't have been able to take them somewhere where we thought would be safe enough at that time. Yeah, so, um, that's the only time they haven't been to the championships because they were there. Well, Jacob was there at London, and then when I was fortunate enough to win the gold in twenty fourteen, Emily was there, even though she was only like ten or eleven months old. She was there watching with um, obviously Gavin and Jacob as well. But um, but yeah, there's, I've had lots of wonderful experiences. Can't complain.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you
1: mentioned Rio
0: actually because then it's almost. I mean, it was was different, but there were a lot of concerns around Rio. And then obviously going to Tokyo, there's that same way. And you've talked a lot about having to adapt, which must be a big part of competition. How do you deal with those times and those uncertainties?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was strange um with Tokyo like last sort of February March time and you're thinking surely this won't go ahead but you didn't know and yeah. um it's felt a bit like that again now it seems as though it, it will go ahead but there's been doubt for so many months and you feel like even now it can't be a completely definite even though it seems as though everyone's saying it will go ahead in some way which is completely different to other Olympics but just all um the uncertainty that Athletes have had um, particularly... you know from last summer onwards thinking particularly for people in sports who are thinking about putting their life on hold you know some people might be um, putting their life on hold from doing a different career because they're in sport right this is what I'm doing it for or they want to try and go to this Olympics and try and achieve great things at it, and not knowing if it's going to happen or not and I think that can be tough for mm. sports people's mental health but I think at the same time of course we will understand why this has to be yeah. there is and also we all feel so grateful to have our health and realize how grateful we are to people working on the front line you know in the NHS and other jobs and um, we appreciate everything they're doing and it feels a bit wrong to be moaning too much about whether you're going to be able to do your sport or not because it's such Mm. big factors of play at the moment. Yeah but like you said it's a big part of people's
0: lives and mental health and their I think we can see the wider picture, but there's a validation about how it can really affect your mental health in that sense, yeah. especially because the Olympics isn't every year, is it? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, and, and I suppose for you, this would you say this is your last, would this, or would you not want to put a mark on it? Would this be your last
1: Olympics? I think it would be I mean obviously um as I've already said um qualifying for this one is a big ask but I'd have I'm gonna have a, a try but of course um another one would probably be yeah, I'm talking like you're awesome. just gonna be there you know <laughs> But but I you know I don't know whether I'd stop trying to race because I think as a runner there's always things to take part in there's always big events to take part in of course there's park run which we all love and I can't see myself not going along to events because I'm always going to keep running for the rest of my life and that's always going to be part of my life so I really enjoy it but I think yeah. going to the next one after that would be or trying to go to it would be probably a bit bit too much wouldn't it I would have thought.
0: (laughs) I've I've heard the conversations about maybe you're going to be like a trail runner or an ultra
1: yeah maybe down the line. Yeah I've definitely had um, aspirations to maybe try some ultra running and trail running just because Like we were saying earlier, it's fun to set goals and Mm. it's something I haven't done before and it's something I could get a PB out if I do something really long that I've never done before. But I'm not necessarily strong at running a really, really long way. I'm better at running something not as far. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm always going to try my hardest at any event I do, but I'm more suited to not running like 50 or 100 miles, I think, because I think actually... I'm probably more suited to anything if I think probably something between 1500 and 5k actually Um, even though I went on to do 10k as well I think my best PB is probably a 5k PB and then I used to do 1500 at the start of my career so to take um, it as far as 50 and 100 miles and things like that would be (laughs) a challenge but you know I'd enjoy it I think Before when the children were at school, my husband and I had started doing some quite long runs, um, you know, across the moors and, and things like that. During the time frame when the kids are at school at the moment, obviously it's tricky because you can't go off running across the moors together because you've got to be at home for the kids all the time and somebody with them all the time. There's no school time. So that's um obviously been a challenge not being able to train together. We can all train together as it is in the kids go on the bikes, but we can't go like across moorland and stuff like that, that we'd really started to enjoy.
0: Mm. Do you think you've got a kind of different style of training from the average track runner long middle long distance track runner um, I as And it's just you know the fact that you're saying you know going long running on the moors and I know you're training at the moment you mentioned the fact that you can't train on track at the moment
1: yeah I think um I've always tried to do a lot of my training like off the road and you know on trails and good quality ground and try and get off the tarmac and then I've always done sessions on trails and, and sessions around grass you know football and cricket pitches when I can as well just to try and um, reduce the impact through the joints but also to add enjoyment really I think if you want to enjoy your running you want to get out in beautiful countryside and scenery because that's a massive perk of going for a run really
0: yeah I definitely agree with you so what do you think is the most important thing you've learned about yourself along this journey you know, we're talking about like all the years and how many Olympics and your incredible experiences just listening to you talk very quickly about each Olympics.
1: Yeah, I think um, I probably learned that I'm better off having that balance in life. And you think about mental health, I think I feel happier just juggling everything. I used to wonder if I could still run well, if I stopped just going to training camps all over the world and been solely focused on my running and I think I've learned that actually having the balance and juggling things and um, in enjoying my life I can actually um, probably achieve things that I didn't expect I could achieve but also I just think it's important to take away the the enjoyment side of things, because you can always look back and think, "Oh, it's really upsetting that I didn't achieve that, or I wish I'd done this and wish i that." But I try to learn to look forward, thinking, "Okay, that's happened. It didn't go so well. Now, what can you do to move forward? Try not to dwell on things, and and just try and have a more positive outlook on it, and um, focus on how lucky you are and how. Um, you know, you've had so many amazing experiences and just feel really fortunate. And I think it's just, I've learned to take the positives a lot. Whereas at the start of your career, I think you're more stressed about, expectation the pressure and dwelling on things when they go wrong and as you get older you learn to maybe not worry so much about what people think you learn to think of the positives and you learn to think okay that's done put that behind you and move forward and get on with things
0: I wanted to ask you what your advice would be to a younger athlete but is that the advice
1: yeah I think to a younger athlete I think they shouldn't put too much pressure on themselves just be happy that they're trying their best under the circumstances and that can be um if they're stressed because they've been injured yeah it's unfortunate that they've got injured but if they're bothering to look back at why have those injuries happened what what can they do to improve things and just be happy in their own skin really thinking Mm. well they're trying the best they can don't Um, feel too much stress from expectation I definitely felt um, probably going back to my teenage years when I was a young teenage schoolgirl athlete I felt a lot of pressure I found it quite overwhelming and I'd feel physically sick when I went to an event and that was more because I I perceived so much expectation whereas now if I look back and I could tell myself no don't don't be crazy you know just do what you can do and just be happy with that and and move on and also to a young athlete remember that you've got years ahead of you you know people that are in the sort of teenage years and early 20s they're only going to get stronger if they do the right things mm-hmm. don't do everything too much too soon just gradually build into your training and just try and enjoy it and um, think of the positives and don't feel the stresses of things and try and find a way and also sort of prioritize the important things of your training because if you try and do all of it at a young age you're just going to end up injured mm-hmm. and particularly from a running sense as well, make sure you fuel up and and eat well enough. I've really been sad to see, um, particularly in distance running, some young athletes having such a promising start in the career and not taking on enough calories and having their careers cut short. And that's a lot to do with um, mental health as well, them feeling a lot of pressure, feeling like they've got to be a certain way, whereas they need to feel happy about themselves, learn to you know, like themselves, be kind to themselves and just um, think, no, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to enjoy all the positives and have a great time. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting you brought that up because I think weight and body image is really interesting
1: in terms of athletics.
0: Was that something that ever was part of your life?
1: No, I'm fortunate in that I never had problems with that. But I think um, what I've realised, it is a, a big you know, problem in sport and particularly sometimes in endurance sports like distance running. And I've seen firsthand how, because I've been fortunate to be going for a lot of years, I've seen young athletes come into the team, wow, you know, this is a really talented person. They're going to do really well and they do really well. And, but they only have one or two years and then you don't, see them again and it's really sad because they have the frustration of just getting loads of stress fractures Mm -hmm. injuries but of course during that time where they're probably not taking enough calories on and the time then when they start getting injured the effect on their mental health is massive and there needs to be a lot of education of not only the athletes but of the coaches to look out for these things and Mm. you know talk to athletes in the right way because I, I think you know it's true to say most coaches want the best for their athletes people aren't out there to create harm to athletes generally often it can just be lack of understanding and knowledge and knowledge of how athletes change and develop as they grow and how body shape might change and you know athletes should learn to love their body know that they're going to maybe be lacking in energy through stresses of exams and other life pressures and just think right okay you're doing the best you can you're you're doing well you're trying to take on the positives like I'm going along to the group tonight, I'm going to meet my friends they're all going to cheer each other on and you're going to try to aim for goals and you only do the best you can and try and enjoy it Sport should be about enjoyment and positivity and enriching your life and having great life experiences because of sport not the other way around where sport becomes something to dread and feel pressure and create eating problems and create bad mental health it should be definitely focused on it being a positive thing for mental health and that's what I would always want to drill relay to young athletes that's what it's for positive mental health and not the other way around
0: Because I think people often forget in sport and I think in wider life about enjoyment. I know it sounds, but but I've definitely been like that. I think a lot in my younger life because the amount of pressure I put on myself. Um, Talking to you, there's uh, three things that have really come out, like the the balance side of things. um, I think the enjoyment side of things and also about, you you know, you've talked, uh, you know, you're just talking about it there in terms of like, mental health and pressure what advice would you give to anyone at the moment that is feeling those things
1: yeah I think um if you're feeling those things you've got to step back and think why are you feeling those things are you putting that pressure on yourself are you imagining that these all these people expectate you know putting all the expectations on you and I think um you know like you've mentioned before in um other chats you've done the pressure of social media is a big thing for youngsters of today Mm. like having to get opinions on themselves on social media and then other people painting a picture of how perfect their lives are and how perfect everything's gone for them and people comparing themselves and then having all that judgment you've got to think you know that isn't the real world the people that matter are your friends and your family people you're actually in contact with they're the people that you need to put the time into talking to and everything it can be quite depressing that people are maybe looking at, maybe in sport, a performance they've done, oh, and they've put a tweet out, how many people have liked it or not, and um, what are people's opinion, how many followers and there's might be pressure from sponsors and other people to what they're putting out on social media. And it's actually not the real world, and they've got to remember that, that what's important is you at home with your family and friends and having that happy life in contact with real people, that's what really, really matters. And if you're feeling that pressure don't get sort of into the downward spiral of social media think about you know how positive your life is your real life not your life I mean I love social media when it's used in the right way I love being able to engage with people it can be so positive and I love being able to encourage people and interact in a positive way but it can be Mm. negative sometimes so yeah anyone's feeling that way focus on the things that matter learn to love yourself learn to think that you can do it believe in yourself and and don't sort of get caught up on other people's expectations but also your perception I think you can blow up in your own mind what you're thinking people expect of you and also think to yourself at the end of each day right have I tried my best under what might have been a tricky day or might have been a tricky day mentally I think yes I have I've tried my best and um that's what I need to be happy for. I need to be proud of myself. And if it hasn't been such a good day, then wipe the slate clean and start living your more positive um, life the next day as best you can. But it is tough for people. I mean, mental health is such a massive factor during the lockdown and all the coronavirus situation. It's been tough for so many people. And I think um, as parents, you're always permanently feel feeling guilty about are your children happy and um, feeling sad about, Things children are missing out on, and that adds another dimension to everything. Definitely, mm.
0: oh, there's so much that you that you just said, um, and I will let you go in a minute because <laughs> I'm conscious of, of your children. Um, but you just mentioned about about social media, and I think it's so interesting because I wonder if maybe sponsors should think about this more because now now, which I can imagine is different from when you first started, is that there's the sponsors now look at social media as a way whether they want to sponsor an athlete or not rather than just the performance or just that they want to get behind you
1: yeah I mean I'm very fortunate because my sponsor they're great people they never make me feel that way and in that I've got a great relationship with them and they're good fun people as well do you know what I mean and I feel really really happy um to be fair but I'm just aware that um when I look at young sports stars and what they're putting out I know that it's a big part of it can be a big part of pressure for them because Mm. I think it's just because I've been doing my sport for so many years and I am very old that I couldn't really (laughs) see the before and after and knowing that most of my career it the sport wasn't done in this way like we you know when I first started out on the team I didn't even have a mobile phone and I remember going to London for a physio appointment and coming back and saying to my husband well, you wouldn't believe this athlete uh, I would say no because it sounds tough but I said they had a mobile phone can you <laughs> believe it I was like you know, I can't believe I'd seen somebody that I knew of actually had a mobile phone and I was like complete. I remember saying it and um and then also the fact that when I went to my first Olympics and also competitions after that you walk into the athlete village and everyone is like you know around the time of sydney in the year 2000 we're all like hey look at this we're all talking to people next to us wow what an experience this is walking to olympic village and then by the time i walked into the olympic village at rio i felt a bit out of my depth because all my teammates who are absolutely lovely people not saying that but they're a different era and i felt like i couldn't say anything because they were all like broadcasting it live and streaming it on their phones and i thought i don't want to say anything because they're going to be broadcasting what we're saying and it was like They were into what they were putting out there rather than actually embracing the moment with the people they were walking alongside. And um, then you see that in... Places when you're sat in foyers of hotels, you know, waiting for the team bus to go somewhere. Um, At the uh, earlier part of my career, you'd all be sat around all chatting to each other, having a laugh. Whereas everyone's now on their screens, making sure they put out the right content um, a lot of the time. And, um, you know, I say I'm lucky that I don't feel that way, but I'm aware of it in sport. And I'm aware that um, for youngsters coming through, it's about how much they can put out there, how many likes are they going to get, how many followers are they going to get, and that matters. And that must be a great deal of stress for them. And they've got to realise that, unfortunately, the world is like that, but you shouldn't feel guilty about not being on it all the time. And also realise that it can be quite irrational what could be expected of a young sports person to be putting that out there because they need the time to talk to their normal friends um and their family and um let's say social media is brilliant as well I'm not trying to slate every no, aspect but it's a really important point I that really you're bringing enjoy, up yeah. um particularly at my age you know I enjoy being able to engage with other runners it's a really positive thing but I think there's a negative side that for young sports people coming through they've got to worry about that and then of course they've get an injury they could be thinking oh, but it looks like I haven't been putting anything out there about my training. And then what do I do? Do I say this is happening? Do I pretend I'm not injured? Do I, you know, what do I put out instead? And there's so much expectation. And then when they do a performance, they're expected to talk about it um, online rather than maybe ringing a close family member and chatting about it. They'd be more panicked about getting out there and social media. So that's another element in itself, which even not only for sports people, for young people, going to school and getting opinions from their friends on social media and it can add a lot of stress Mm. to young people's mental health and it definitely lends itself into young sports people's lives definitely Mm.
0: thank you i really appreciate you saying all that and the point you just made, I think it's really important. I think important for people to hear it. And um, thank you so much, Joe. The one thing I wanted to say, um, I scribbled it down. I've got one of these lovely little post-it notes. I love post-it notes. Um, you said a lot throughout this podcast, and it made me think. Um, I did some work with the clinical psychologists, and they did about healthy messages and to remind yourself of them. And the one thing that you said you s- throughout, and it really timed to me was you know, you're doing your best, you're good enough and you're doing your best right now. And I think that's really important. And that was one of the phrases that a clinical psychologist taught to use to tell yourself as like a healthy, positive message. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's lovely to talk to you. Um, I really hope to see you in Tokyo and, you know, but like you said, enjoy and I hope the rest of your training goes well
1: yeah thanks so much lovely chatting to you thank you thanks so
0: much it's been really brilliant and we wish you the very best um, for everything thank you for all for listening as well you can catch all our episodes on Apple or Spotify and loads of inspirational people to listen to um, Joe, obviously you've just heard including the likes of also Tom Bosworth and Morgan Lake um, hopefully be at Tokyo as well and remember to visit sportinglife.com the home of expert analysis and insight for racing football, golf and much more and if you are really struggling Glynn, you can reach out for help charities such as mine the samaritans and support in mind are available people do understand and do care so please do reach out and if you feel like you can't pick up the phone you can text shout to 85258 take care and thanks again joe and we'll speak again soon